Deutsch Abraham here inviting you to join me for this next hour of radio when we share that rich heritage of Jewish music and thought. It's shared by the entire world. Sometimes the Yiddish lullaby, sometimes the contemporary rock beat of Israel. It's all kinds of Jewish musical sounds. The haunting Ladino melodies, the record of Judaic Spanish soul over for over a thousand years, and the energy and excitement of today's performance in Israel, setting scripture to new rhythms. With pride and pleasure, the great talents of theater and synagogue, our writers, our poets. Welcome to Jewish Community Radio Time. I hope you've called your friends and those people who you think would enjoy the program today. Today, our subject is love in many languages, in Hebrew, in Yiddish, in Ladino, and in English. Well, for starters, here's one you'll recognize. The song is called Oy Yussel Yussel, or Joseph Joseph, and the orchestra is Stanley Black with the London Festival Orchestra and Chorus. season of red boxes of candy, flowers and gifts and rose bouquets. Here on Jewish Community Radio today, we do it with music. Oh, yussel, yussel, oh, Joseph, Joseph, won't you make your mind up the lyrics of a popular flirtatious song, love song of the 1920s, Song of Yiddish Vaudeville. These songs, very often on theme of love, have now become, musically speaking, classics of Yiddish theater. Let's include more of this in our program today. Let's listen to more of Yussel Yussel, played by Stanley Black, London Festival Orchestra and Chorus. After all, it is the season of love, and so today... Uh, well, we just given you an example of how even humorous songs can have a bit of tenderness and romance. Today, some humorous and some so very romantic songs you will close your eyes and remember. And some I actually invite you to dance to with your feet, with your fingers, and with your heart. Oh, when I hear the voice of Yeoram Gaon of Israel singing Halayla Tov La'ahava, this is a good night for love, well, I melt. 
Now there is a perfect song for the love thing this week. Halayla Tov, it is a good night. La'ahava for love. Who better to be wooed by than the voice of Yeoram Gaon?
Love songs today on Jewish Community Radio. Love songs in several languages from yesterday and from today. And you just heard Yoram Gaon singing Halayla Tov Ahava. It is a good night for love. Laila Tov Ahava, It's a Good Night for Love, was written by a beautiful lady in Israel, and I heard her in a kumzitz on a Saturday night at a kibbutz. Her name is Norit Hirsch, and I was so pleased and happy to meet her. Her song and many, many hundreds of songs she has written, this one was Laila Tov Ahava. It's a Good Night for Love. A folk song in Yiddish coming up right now, a song about two young boys sitting under a tree who are talking about, of course, a girl, a girl they both love. Mike Burstein and Chava Alperstein sing this Yiddish song, Unter a klein Beimala, under a little tree, sitzen jinglach zwei, sit these two little boys. Unter a klein Beimale, sitzen jinglach zwei, sie reden von a Meidale, kein Sach kimmer zwei, sie reden von a Meidale, kein Sach kimmer zwei. Der zählt eine Genüsselle, wo er hat gehabt. Hab der andere Reus, der zählt es Sakura. Unter a klein Beimale, sitzen jinglach zwei, sie reden von a Meidale, kein Sach kimmer zwei, sie reden von a Meidale, kein Sach kimmer zwei. Chava Alperstein, fluent in so many languages, was born in a displaced person camp after the Second World War, and she was raised on Yiddish folk songs. Chava Alperstein is still performing and very good at that. I hope you've seen her when she was in Washington. Our subject today on Jewish Community Radio, love songs. On her album, her in Hebrew, called Ahava Me'alteret, Chava Alperstein wrote this particular song and uh, sings it. Both the music and the words, by the way, are attributed to her. Love Me with Gentleness, folk love songs in Yiddish and an original love song in Hebrew by Chava Alperstein, Ahava Me'alteret. Ah, 
Folk songs in Yiddish from Chava Alperstein and an original love song in Hebrew, Ahava Me'alteret. Ahava, love, Liebe, love, Amor, Ladino. In Ladino is love. In any language, a great subject for songs and our songs. An interesting collection we are presenting here on Jewish Community Radio today in honor of the candy box, the red rose season. Well, we've moved around from... Almost from century to century, from decade to decade, we've sung in Hebrew, we've sung in Yiddish, we were in England, and now we're moving to the stage, the Yiddish vaudeville stage. And long before he sang Rodolfo and Puccini's La Boheme for the Metropolitan Opera, that was not his introduction to intense love songs. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about... Jan Pierce. Yiddish show tunes were his introduction, and here he sings a beautiful song from the Yiddish stage. Gib me a Liebe. Give me love. Yeah. 
Love song from the golden era of the Yiddish theater. A notable contribution to American musical life were the songs of the Jewish musical theater, musical comedy, and musical operetta, which flourished in New York on Second Avenue many, many years ago. And here you heard the voice of uh, Jan Pierce singing, Give me Liebe, give me love. And you must remember that uh, Jan Pierce was a violinist in the pit orchestra of some very prominent orchestras in New York before he became a stage personality and later, of course, the Metropolitan Opera Company. Give me love for that is my desire. Give me love and set my heart on fire, he said. Give me love. It's the greatest gift on earth. No matter its painful cost, I know it's worth. Jan Pierce and Give Me a Liebe. Well, that's what we're giving you today. We're giving you lots of love via music. Well, we've heard five lovely songs from Yiddish theater, love songs we're talking about today. And we heard Laila Tov with one of the finest love song singers, Ya'aram Gaon singing a Nurit Hirsch song, Laila Tov And from Eastern Europe, we heard Unter Aklein Beimela, Under Little Tree, 
two little boys are talking about their girlfriends. And from contemporary Israel, Chava Alperstein sang Ahava Mi'alteret. And from theater, we heard Jan Pierce most, singing most eloquently, Gib Mi Aliva, Give Me Love. And now from the Washington area, the group called Mezumenet, an a cappella young ladies group from the College Park campus. They're singing how they kind of like the rabbi's son. It's a parody. Can I come over after school? After school, I've got some questions about the halachot of kashrut. Halachot of kashrut. Did your son get back from his birthright trip? Birthright trip. As Chazan. His davening made me flip. He made me flip. And I know that it was during Lechadudi that I heard him and knew that he's for sure for me. Rebby, can't you see that my husband 
should be. The Yichud room's more fun when I am with the rabbi's son. Well, that was the sixth song in our list of love songs today in English and Hebrew from yesterday and certainly from today. The Rabbi's Son by Mezumenet. A most often heard love song in Ladino, albeit a sad, very sad love song, Adio Querida, the group Yaniv de Or. Goodbye, my love, Adio Querida. Go and look for another love. Knock on other doors. Wait for another passionate love. As for me, you are dead. I don't want to live. When your mother gave you to the world, she did not give you a heart. Goodbye, my dear. I don't want to live. Adio, querida.
querida, a traditional Sephardic sad love song, Goodbye, My Dear. Coming to Israel in the 1920s and the 30s, young Jews from Eastern Europe not only created towns and kibbutzim, but beautiful songs as well. Now we all share that unique legacy of their creation, a country, Israel, and the creation of beautiful songs, which tell us their personal story as well. The pomegranate tree, Eitz Harimon, our singer of Rechaza, a lilting waltz. of Ofra Chaza, and she was singing Eitz Harimon, a song of all oh, the early uh, days of Israel. In this more contemporary song, Ofra Chaza sings about Rachamim, a boy's name. Rachamim, she says, have pity on me. Come here to me. I love you, Rachamim. Well, for our Yiddish speakers, you know that word Rachmonis. Well, in Hebrew, it's Rachmanut. Our song with a pleasant rhythm. An excellent singer from Israel, Ofrochaza, sings Rachamim, Come Here to Me. Mm-hmm. 
Come here to me, she begs, I love you so much. The song, Rachamim, the singer of Rachaza. More music coming up later on on Jewish Community Radio Program. Coming up, an interview with Rabbi Julia Margolis of the Hebrew Congregation of St. Thomas. Stay tuned. Now we come to the part of our program that's called the Yiddish expression of Mama Loshen. Among you, our listeners, there are those who hardly know Yiddish at all because you come from a Sephardic cultural background. And you listen and you learn here, I know. Others, third or fourth generation Americans, who were deprived for some reason of learning their Yiddish from the Zetas or Babis for one reason or another, they also learn at this these few moments we offer each week. Then, of course, there are those Jewish and non-Jewish people who find it interesting and informative to spend these few minutes listening to a Yiddish expression. They have been kind enough to thank me for the opportunity. Whatever group you belong to, well, stop now and take a few minutes whatever, with, out from whatever you're doing, and if you can, and follow the next few minutes with me in what I do love, Yiddish. I call it delicious Yiddish. Aren't all brides beautiful? Can a bride, a kala, be too beautiful? A shena kala, we observe, a beautiful bride. We all agree. Now, hear this. The kala is too shane. The bride is much too beautiful. It's a chasura, much too beautiful. A chasura, it's a problem. We have a problem here. The kala is tsushane. Those words rarely ring true. We have never, ever said the bride is too beautiful. But we have said in Mama Loshen, a chasura, the kala is tsushane. When do we say that and why? Here is the application. There is always someone in the crowd, someone at a meeting, someone in the family, in the office, on the committee, who will find fault in the very best of situations. A nitpicker, a pain-in-the-neck kind of person who cannot be satisfied ever. A complainer, an idea-destroyer, a naysayer, a pessimist. Someone who would say, no, no matter how good an idea is, no matter how fine things are, that person will find fault, complain, and ruin a good time, a good dinner, a very good plan with his negative attitude. We all know such a person, 
don't we? His attitude, finding problems where they actually don't exist. That person would look at a beautiful bride and say, we have a problem here, a chasure. The bride is much too beautiful. The kala is too shame. That, dear radio audience, is a bit of mamaloshin you can use, I'm sure. Teach it to someone else. Use it to lighten up your own thoughts or someone else's. Sometimes we use words to create a picture, and that's a picture. That picture describes a situation or a condition that is used to mean much more than meets the eye at first glance. Among Yiddish expressions in Mamalushin, this happens over and over and over again. That's why Yiddish is so fine. A few words describe something or someone else, but we use the few words in other different situations. We call it a metaphor, I guess. Once again, a tongue-in-cheek wise thought you can apply to this 21st century. Apply it to your day-to-day experiences. Here it is again. It's a chasura. A problem. The color is too shame. The bride is just too beautiful. Welcome to Yiddish with me. The title of the collection of CDs of idioms. Those expressions in Yiddish as colorful and expressive as ever, based on the weekly segment of our radio show. Have your own collection of these expressions, selected and arranged with klezmer music and songs. I know you will enjoy. Here's the number again, 301-530-6530, 530-6530. Our email address for the Yiddish Folk Expressions is yiddishfolkexpressions at yahoo.com. Again, for the email address, yiddishfolkexpressions at yahoo.com. Every once in a while, an opportunity crossed my path. And here I am in the Virgin Islands on St. John Island, visiting my family. And I'm sitting beside Rabbi Julia Margolis, who has just come, well, I say just, within the last year, came to the island and is the rabbi of the St. Thomas Synagogue, organized by Sephardic Jews, no? Yes, it was built in the um, end of 18th century. And... The idea of our synagogue is that we have a sand floor, which we bring from Inquisition, from Spain, back in 15th century, when Jews could not have openly um, practiced their religion. And uh, we have to make a plan how to be the not-Jew outside and the Jew in our okay. homes. Understood. How to remain Jews incognito. Yes. In other words, and this, the synagogue here in St. Thomas is the oldest practicing synagogue, correct me or yes. finish me, finish what I'm saying, the oldest practicing synagogue in the Western Hemisphere. Absolutely. And it has Rabbi Julia Margolis, yes. who has just come via Israel, via South Africa. What brought you to St. Thomas? I will be honest with you, it might sound as a bit of a cliche, but but it it is true. What brought me, it was the community of people and this really amazing historical building where you could feel just this essence of Judaism, the essence of our 
religion that when I came there first time, I, I literally, I know that it sounds very romantic and nice, but it was the it's actual true. feeling. I could not breathe because it was just so, I was in awe. Um, and I visited so many synagogues around the world and, and I consider myself as, you know, someone who traveled a lot and saw me. And lived a lot in and, different communities. Right, and I, and I saw different places of worship. But when I came to that synagogue, it just all clicked. Um, I, remember, I remember I said to my mother, who is also a rabbi, as I mentioned to you, and um, I remember I sent her a message and I said, they want me to work here? I should be paying them to be here. Interesting. <laughs> and and how, how have we met? Yes. I'm here in the Virgin Islands doing a program right. on Yiddish folk expressions or idioms or Weltlach, they call them in Yiddish. Yeah. And the synagogue that you're associated with is began as a Sephardic synagogue. Right. And are you, where were you, were ordained in Israel or here? No, I was ordained actually in Germany. Um, again, talking about, you know, talking about journeys on, of, of life. Um, I started my studies in Israel, but then I got married and I moved to South Africa and I did not finish my studies. And while I was already working as an assistant rabbi at the synagogue, I had two very dear um, rabbis and very good friends that they said, we need, you know, we, you need to have a title, an official title and a piece of paper and to, to do be it. ordained. And, um, we were looking about um, half a year to a year to see who would accept me because I did not see myself going back to Israel to complete my studies. I had already, you know, child and, and, and I was married and... Um, you wanted was, to get started. Right. I, I, I couldn't just pack up again and to go to live somewhere else. And the United States did not, was not on the... On the um, agenda. On the agenda because I could not pack myself. So my... Teacher Rabbi Robert Jacobs um, suggested that he will check about me completing my studies in Germany. And I went for the interview and it was a very, I have to say, intense interview because I also do not speak German. So I had to have a, you know, special program for English speaker. And um, they were um, very enthusiastic and they said we will accept all the credits back from Israel and all Wonderful. the work that you do in South Africa and we will accept you. So I was um, very lucky. Let me interrupt or at least interject if our listeners who are listening attentively, I hope, detect all a mixture of accents. Right. South African. <laughs> you, you alluded to the fact that you s studied in Israel. Right. And then you went to study to be a rabbi in Germany. Right. But you were born in Moscow. In former, Moscow. Former Soviet Union. Born, yes. And yep. you went to Israel, right? I was 12 when my parents moved to Israel, yes. And how much time did you spend there, may I ask? In Israel. Um, I'm, so I came there when I was 12 and I left when I was 28. So 16 years, yeah. I mean, 16 years. 16 years, and they were the most important years of my life. Very formative. The high school. Very formative years. Absolutely. My degrees, my army service. I was going to say, did you serve in the army? Yes, I am. I am um, I'm an officer in IDF. Yeah. You're an officer in the IDF. Yeah. Now, you're an officer <laughs> in the IDF. You're a rabbi <laughs> here in the Virgin Islands who was educated as a rabbi in Germany. Yes. You were born in Moscow, 
went to Israel and then South Africa. Right. And now your mother, you tell me, is also a rabbi who yes. was ordained in Israel. Before movement in Israel. Yes. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you I mean, so much. <laughs> we, have, we have arrived in the most wonderful way. Thank you. Um, and where is your mother a rabbi now? Or does uh, she? She, she? She is retired right now, and she's, um, she lives with my dad in Israel. But um, her last years of rabbinate, um, her active rabbinate, should I say, because you never finish to be a rabbi. Um, True. <laughs> she, it, it's it's way of life. It's not a job. It's way of life. You she said was, it just right. Our son is a chazan. Yeah. And it, we, it's a way of life. It's, it's a way of life. It, right. it, 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 no one can think of it as a job because no. every hour is someone else's. Exactly. And, and you are a part of someone else's life continuously. Yes, absolutely. Some, some people don't understand it. And there are rabbis that, I know, sometimes I call them fortunate, sometimes I call them unfortunate, that they know how to switch their phone on and off and they know... They shouldn't. You know, they shouldn't. No, no. Um, <laughs> At least that's my opinion. I agree with you 100%, not because I'm, I'm the one who is guilty in this, but as a, as a grown-up person, I would think that, you know, I wouldn't call rabbi if there is no need just at three o'clock in the morning just to irritate him or her and, you know, to, to give a missed call. No. But Rebbe is someone who is on call literally 24-7. All my congregants, doesn't matter in what part of the world I live or uh, what congregation I'm serving, everyone everyone have my, my personal cell phone number. Very good. And I have to say that um, for me it was obvious. When I came to the synagogue, um, my administrator said to me, Rabbi, are we going to write your cell phone on the business card? I said, yes, of course. And and I saw that she was quite surprised. I said, why do you look so surprised? Because former rabbis right. didn't want it that right. way. And, and I understand the different ways of, of um, preaching and different ways of uh, being a rabbi. So when I moved to South Africa, when I got married and I had my children, my mother went back to Mother Russia, <laughs> um, but not to Moscow. She was a rabbi in St. Petersburg. In St. Petersburg? Yes, yes. Well, yeah. we have arrived, rabbi in St. Petersburg, by way of Israel, mm -hmm. a daughter who was ordained in Germany. Right. Uh, has been in Israel, lived in Israel, a good formative part of her life. And I'm talking to uh, Julia Margolis, rabbi in the Virgin Islands in St. Thomas, everyone, not everyone, but many people have heard about the sand floor yes. and have visited from a ship or just on vacation in the Virgin Islands. And one would think people couldn't be interested in connecting with the synagogue in the Virgin Islands. However, Julia, you have found otherwise. Right, I am very fortunate. And when you enter to the synagogue, it does have a sign that says that it's a living museum. I would want that we will change the sign, not to the living museum, but to reinforce the idea that it's a living congregation together with the museum and with the beautiful synagogue that it's so special to see those walls and, and, and the building that uh, people came from one generation to another generation. Well, repeat again, when, when was that synagogue actually built? So um, it, in, there was a fire, so the official building was erected on um, in 1833. 1833. But, but it was in the beginning, um, 1793. Oh, so, in other words, the 18th century. Yes. Pretty, actually, with the inception of the United States when it first started. Absolutely, yes. So many people know that 
synagogue strictly from history. They don't realize it's the living synagogue. Yes. And you, in less than a year, Julia. Yes. Okay. Okay. Have found it to be a challenge. To and you were surprised at first, right? Just fell in love with this place. So well, well there's something magnificent about exactly. And I have to say, let me, allow me allow me to quote you. Uh, oh, I was really fascinated by your talk today, and and thank you for allowing me to be part of it. Um, when you were talking, as you feel that being here, it's kind of Ben Hashma Maima. It's 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 between heaven and earth. Heaven and earth, and it's exactly. I think you put in words what I was feeling. For this last eleven months, but I did not know what is the word I can use. Mean and I then you came you? and you inspired me. How lovely! How lovely! <laughs> so oh, thank great. you for that. You're very welcome. I was pleased that you were there because, as I was speaking, you kept nodding affirmations. <laughs> affirmations is nothing nicer to hear because, after all, again, I knew that the people who were going to be in the beautiful veranda overlooking the. The Caribbean islands here. Uh, that there'll be people who knew nothing, and people who knew something, right. and some people who just re realized that they knew something. But what I did not find here, that I find often when I speak with people, uh, like there, are, unfortunately, several people when I speak to the group will say, "Oh, this is not the way it's supposed to be. You're not speaking the right Yiddish. You didn't say it the right way." I didn't There's have that no at such all. Way. I never had right, that here. Right. You noticed? Yes. Nobody I, was saying yes. I was mispronouncing anything or No, and this is what what I find that the same about the synagogue is that people are so welcoming. Opening, and they open. Um, they opened. Yes, and um I'll be honest with you. There were a few people that struggled with my accent, and I understand well, that. Well, because you have a combination right. of accents. Exactly, exactly. It's and not I, South African, but it, it is, is not, South African. It, and it's not Russian, but it is a bit. And it's not Hebrew, but it is. So and. But I never felt that there is some kind of judgment or, or one-upmanship. Right. No. No. It was always, always um, received with understanding and love and care and welcoming. And, and welcoming. Very much so. Very good. So we 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 hit so, it off as well. Right. Uh, we're on the same deck, as it were. So an same experience. And this is what um, I I. Well, let's call the Virgin Isles a, a touch of Ghanaian. How is that? It is. It's absolutely. I'm, I'll be honest with you. I, I mean, I remember I said it to my parents. Um, I don't think that when I was born in November 1980 in, in cold Moscow, oh. they would have any kind of idea where <laughs> where their daughter will be living. In and, Virgin uh, Islands. Right, of the Caribbean. I mean, it, it sounds sometimes even myself when I say it to to people, it sounds like absolutely magical and not real. But um, the community and the synagogue, and when I say community, I don't even say, I'm not even talking about my immediate, you know, synagogue family. I'm talking about the Virgin Islands community, how they welcomed me, um, pastors, imams, um, teachers, I doctors. everybody showed up for you. Absolutely. I was installation. Yes. Oh, I mean, well, 11 different pastors and yes. imams. And, yes. Well, um, you see, that, then it is a piece of Gan Eden. It is, because I will be honest with you, I don't know if I was a rabbi in any other place in the world, yeah. if I would be so fortunate to have that. No, it, it, it's, it's magic. It's magic. Well, it's been magic talking to a lovely young woman so who is a rabbi here in, in St. Thomas at a 
lively, vibrant synagogue, not just with the sand floor from ancient times to remind Absolutely. them of their Sephardic roots, not a, just a tourist spot, but a vibrant, living congregation. And I have been part of it too because I gave a presentation here on Yiddish folk expressions. And, and we are very grateful. And we, and we had this conversation, which I'm ever grateful. I hope we talk again sometime. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Coming up now, a beautiful song, sung for us by Chava Alperstein. Here she sings in English. The song is called Foreign Letters. How do you pronounce your name in your country? How is it spelled here? Oh, how strange. What does it mean? Oh, how beautiful. I never thought this could be a man's name. Can you write it down for me? In your language. Oh, how beautiful. I love foreign letters. They are like drawings. They are like secret signs from magic places, from different worlds. I don't know what they mean. I hope they mean well. I hope they're not against me. I don't know what they mean. How do you say love in your language? Can you write it down for me? Oh, how beautiful. Can you say it one more time? Can I try to? Oh, how do you say thank you? Chava Alperstein, such a talent, such a fine spokesperson for Israel, an ambassador who represents Israel with her music. The song Foreign Letters, written and performed by Chava Alperstein for us this morning. Coming up, a song by one of my favorite singers, again, a little encore for our program today, our romantic singer Yoram Gaon, uh, who sings a song of a Hebrew poet uh, from the turn of the century, Saul Chernikovsky, and the music was written by Nomi Shemer, who has written hundreds of melodies. She wrote the Eucalyptus Tree, children's songs, many, many, and she also wrote the perhaps the best-known 
song of her career, Yoshalim Shel Zahav. Here, Yeoham sings a love song written by Saul Chernikovsky and Nomi Shemer. song for this week's program uh, and of course he's worthy of applause Yeoram Gaon our singer love song one of many on our program today in Hebrew Yiddish and Ladino and now to continue with our love songs in so many languages here's one that you all recognize it's originally of course in Russian uh, and it comes from the album called Gypsy Soul Nishama Tzoanit the singer is Yadena Arazi and it says the eyes have it. When it comes to love songs in Russian or Chichornia, in Hebrew, Einayim Shechoret, Black Eyes. Hello, 
בוש, זה ברור מראש, מלחמה כזאת לא תיתן לחיות מה נותר מעט. נחמה אחת זוהי חבורת הצוני. From the Hebrew translation of a beautiful Russian song about beautiful dark eyes, or Chichonia to Einayim Shechoret. Estelle Deutsche Abraham here, your host and producer of Jewish Community Radio, closing this edition of Jewish Community Radio, joining our sponsors and thanking you for being with us today. Thank you for your time, your encouragement, and support of our radio effort. We plan each program to reflect you because you're part of our community and you're part of that rich heritage of Jewish thought and music. I'm inviting you to keep in touch, share your thoughts about our program, because today we have shared something most important, the continuation of the voice of our people. So until next time, I'm looking forward to it. Let's just say to have a fine week. Agutavoch, bona samana, shavua tov. Fitzway, there's just no better way to go. The sticker price, the final price, no haggle. And that's the very smart reason to consider Fitzgerald's the next time you buy a vehicle. The no haggle approach to buying a car, the Fitzway, there's just no better way to go.